and welcome to the fabulous TOVG SGC special. We all just returned yeah. home a few days ago from an adventure in Texas. Uh, there were many, many people involved, but for now I've rounded up Jimmy and Matt as usual. Next week, though, I think we're going to start burning through a list of people who um, who are going to going to start milking our social connection after the con um i guess we got a lot of small talk i know right it's it's so interesting and kind of like depressing at the same way how how politicized connections become at these things not that it's like not fun as an event but it's it's very clear that everyone there is um is yeah have a certain goal a An intention. It's not all fun in games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, the stories I can tell that I cannot tell on this podcast. You can't. <laughs> oh well, I'm gonna have to ask you later on. But for now, mm-hmm. let's do what we should do on this podcast, and that is tell stories on this podcast about the wacky adventures we just had at Sugzi. 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 Talv talks about Sugzi. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's see. Uh. I, I can start off with the story, because this happened before the con even started. It's not really much of a story, but... Uh, Chronological like, order. Yeah, we, we got in... My wife and I got in at, like, literally literally 2 in the morning to the hotel on Thursday. Like, Thursday, Friday. Um, and we... Like, she just went up to the room, or we went up to the room and, like, got settled in, and she was exhausted, and she's like, I want to be fresh for the con tomorrow like I don't want to be like super exhausted I was like okay you can sleep um and I went out to you know say hi to people that I knew were awake and walking around and uh for the next three hours ended up at a table in like the lobby which is like 12 (laughs) like YouTube guys Mm -hmm. just like which screaming about video games which is a really nice lobby too I liked how that kind of became a hub spot right it was I think that's what I liked about this SGC way more than the previous one is that the previous one had like three different like towers that people's rooms were in Mm -hmm. and there was no like there was no like centralized area to be aside from the like the con hall like the main hall and everything but it was so big that you wouldn't like you don't run into anybody there you know at this one it was like everybody goes back to their rooms on one side of the hotel you're probably going to see somebody between the elevators and the con hall like no matter what if we needed to like find something to do it was like well i'm just gonna walk in the direction of the convention and i'll probably find some of my friends so i really like that i thought it was really nice too because it wasn't a super duper crowded stupid lobby either like convention show floors sometimes will be really really packed and sweaty and miserable and at dragon con the hotels like matt knows the hotels at night they just like pack shoulder to shoulder from from one side of an entire hotel to the other and you cannot walk or navigate anywhere and, and especially and even, when the cosplayers want to take pictures and stuff like that yeah because mm. they get really really crowded yeah your your space by arms lengths and at sgc it was a very much more smaller than i was expecting i think uh, i heard and it looked to me like they were capping trying to cap attendance at five thousand this year Mm-hmm. Does that sound right to you guys? I, I'm not sure, really. I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I just had to compare it previously to other events I'd been at. I think MAGFest usually juggles around 30,000. MomoCon this year did 25,000. And SGC seemed, this year at least, much smaller than both of them. 
Yeah, SGC is a smaller event. I mean, it's it's younger, and uh, it's just it's even more niche than Magfest, you know, because Magfest is like generally gaming and music and anybody who likes games and music whereas sgc <laughs> is less like a gaming con and it's more like gaming personality con so like you don't go there to like talk about video games you go there to see you know your abgns and your jontrons yeah which was weird because jontron and i don't think abg either were there this well, time they were both there last year but I'm, I'm i'm talking generally of course like them being poster childs for internet fame in gaming. Did they have it in a different Reviews. city last year? It was in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth last year, in the biggest hotel in Texas, and it was too big. I liked it at this hotel. I think this was, like, perfect. Because I, I also, I don't know if it was just because of my group, but I heard them talking some mad shit about this year's SGC compared to last year, even though I was fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. Last year's SGC was dumb compared to this one. Not oh, really? dumb. It was not. A, it was not as good. This was an improvement by far. The only, the only uh, thing that I thought was worse was the fact that the con, like the con hall, was that weird like square that you had to walk around. So if you wanted to get to the console gaming room, you had to walk like half a mile. Yeah, because you had to go around everything. It, it was a U shape. Like yeah. all three sides of the square were there except the top one. Yeah. So if you wanted to go from one end to the other, you had to make a really big UE. Yeah, and and like that was my only complaint. But like because the halls were so narrow, going through there, like I I felt like that was good for fans because fans didn't miss. <laughs> the people that they were there to look for like you're walking through that hall like you're not gonna get missed like Gerard had to put on a hood on the second day so he wouldn't be recognized so he can like go get food for a second um when I was doing DDR then the the very very open arcade right I I did like three songs with Satchel and as soon as I stepped off there were like at least two people waiting for me yeah like right there um and I'm also trying to like there was something oh god there was something i was gonna say just earlier but i think i oh yeah um did you have any issues with the hotel tvs because that was that was a big stickling point in my group okay well i didn't i didn't use my tv you used my tv at some point <laughs> let's see oh. which 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 room i'm trying to remember oh oh, oh the one we were playing the neo geo x on yeah right oh, yeah. well basically yeah. we that's hooked up I, av cables and it was on i, got, the, I would the, have the, completely yeah. forgotten that forever unless you mentioned it because i was super <laughs> duper hammered at the Drunk? time yeah that was so well, fun though well, yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty drunk myself at the time. I came back up from the <laughs> rave. Um, let me, okay, all right. I, I don't know, I've been telling everybody this, but uh, Saturday night, my rave experience, s- somehow, somehow I woke up Sunday morning. I don't know how I didn't just fucking die, first of all, mm-hmm. because I have mixed alcohols before, and I've had come out worse for wear on the other side. I mixed every alcohol in the book that night Ugh. and somehow i was just all right i had Maybe. i had back to back back to back i had a white russian a rum and coke an extremely spicy uh fucking bloody mary no oh god had, these are all cocktails i had uh some random beer and then a pbr and then a tequila beer and then wine and then a shot of kaluas and bailey and then more wine and okay. then i went to the rave and raved for two hours, and then I'm just, I was just okay, did you, somehow. Did you eat food? No. Oh, Jeez. 
You yeah, like I you, don't you yeah, that's like miracle. I don't understand. I don't understand. You got someone looking out for you. <laughs> Last year there was a night where I had like a small cup of some like gross like Peruvian rum that tasted like wine and then the next day I didn't get up until 12 because I felt like shit. But this year I just like I just like decided it was a good idea to drink whatever. And I was fine somehow. Which isn't hard to do because they had the happy hour downstairs. Oh my god, that open bar. Yeah, you 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 slip you slip these guys like two dollars, and all of a sudden your rum and coke has is there, no coke. It's just a rum. It's just a rum. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just a rum. My friend, uh, my friend Casey, who I was hanging out with the whole weekend, Misky, uh, she makes shirts for the Yeti. She got a, uh, she was she got a mint julep without the mint, and so it was just rum with a lime in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like I think she expected there to be something in it and she took a sip and it was rum and then conveniently located to the left were uh, all the soda machines for the open breakfast and so she just added soda in it and Dude. it became a, a drink oh that open breakfast is was so nice it was it was good to have like food that yeah. you didn't something. have to make an excuse I, to I go get enjoyed not having to worry about food for the rest of the day because yeah. I could just have a nice big hearty breakfast like I feel like that actually added a lot to make this such a positive experience for me like right. not having to worry agree. about food I definitely agree for for context for the viewers everybody who got a room in the hotel got like a ticket for every day that a they ton stayed of there tickets, yeah yeah mm-hmm. that was like you have you have you know, on these mornings, you can get free breakfast from this time to this time. And it wasn't, like, super crowded to where you couldn't get anything. There it also wasn't, like, wasn't bad. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was decent. Decent food. Like, decent potatoes and eggs, which is pretty much what I had every day. Uh, Those pineapples look kind of sickly, but, you know. I, I did not are. touch the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> the melons were good. The melons were good. Just the pineapples were, you know, they're looking kind of white. And I don't know. I don't know oh, if I would okay. like to eat white pineapples. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I saying. See, I, I see. I eat a lot of pineapples, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, I didn't eat too much at breakfast, but it was the ability to, it was, like, the fact that it was, like, you have to get up before this time if you want breakfast, and it's free. That was a good like one-two punch to get me up in the morning mm-hmm. and get me to eat something. Force so you I, to be a normal human being, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I didn't like lay in bed till one and feel sad that I missed things, and also so I didn't feel like shit because I ate breakfast. It was like, it was like good. It was a good thing. I need that I in my life. Wake people up. I had to wake people up like, oh, it's you, Matt, because they're like, oh, Matt always gets up early because I'm like the only one up early at six o'clock to take a walk. And, that's, uh, ex- that's excessive for a con. And Gil's just like, Matt, wake me up in the morning for breakfast. Every time I wake <laughs> people up, they never come downstairs. <laughs> they're like, no, no, <laughs> no. They just stay to sleep. See, that's why you don't yeah. drink, guys. You, you, you stay on your toes and you eat breakfast. I mean, I ate breakfast all three days, and I drank oh, all three days. You're special, so. Jimmy. You're special. <laughs> Maybe my stomach just went into, like, Iron Man mode this weekend, because it was really pulling through for me. I didn't try to go too hard, but at the same time, I, I, I kind of did. Yeah, I, did, I mean, I, I, I didn't, like... It was funny, because I was just planning on having, like, two beers per night. I was like, don't, don't get stupid and then stay in bed forever. And then that didn't happen, and then I, I didn't stay in bed forever anyway, so it was fine. It was fine, though. I mean, I remember that night. I ended up in your room trying to cram stuff in your TV, and it right. was Scribbles... <laughs> Scribble Scrabbles' Neogiokes. 
Yeah. <laughs> Neo Geo Yeah, X. I know. It, he bought a Neo Geo X downstairs, and this is a guy who I got along with incredibly well. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have him on the podcast later. Was was this the guy with the long ponytail? Yeah, and the, and the yeah. little okay, cap. Okay. I, right, I, right, right. For some reason, I think this guy's like the funniest person in the world. But anyways, I... um. Was was helping him hook up a Neo Geo he bought down at the vendor's room for about one hundred twenty five ish dollars, but as mm-hmm. it, as it turns out though, it was more like a Neo Geo handheld, like basically a little mini, slightly cheaper version of a PSP that comes with a bunch of Neo Geo games installed, plus an SD card slot for their proprietary Neo Geo games. But mm. the implication is is that you like flash it and start running your own stuff on it, but uh. It comes with a quote-unquote home console that's really a console-shaped TV docking station for the mm. portable. You unfold oh. the console uh, like sandwich style and, and slide the handheld in and then close it and try to get it to work. And for some reason, we could never get the HDMI to output on that hotel TV correctly. Instead, it would accept the AV inputs, the um, red, yellow, and white, but only on HDMI channel number two. Right. What the hell? I don't know. You were there. You saw it. I don't know if you remember, but this was oh, happening. Might might I remind you the list know, of alcohol? I know. You- and then and then be crowd surfing twice. At, really? At, at, oh, the, you the, lucky the bastard! And then. I was only supposed to do once, and we got Zach, we were getting Zach Frost to do it the second time, and then he chickened out, and all these guys are waiting to like crowd surf someone. They're like, "You do it." I was like, "All right, I'll do it." Someone crowd surfed on a whale. Okay. I, I, I saw that thing. It was yeah. great. Just, I wish I was they there. blew up a balloon whale, and they crowd surfed. They picked him up, and he crowd surfed. It was it was amazing. I very, Let me just uh, yeah yeah. Let me just say, I didn't go to the rave last year. I heard good things, and every, okay, I didn't go because everyone was like, "Don't go to the rave. It's just a bunch of sweaty people." And like, okay, have you ever been to a fucking rave before? Like, right. that's what raves mostly are. Um, and then this year, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to the rave. Cutman's there. Grimecraft's there. I met with them day one. We hung out a little bit. They were really cool. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go to the rave. And I went there, and I found it very hard to to get myself out of there. It was so much fun. Like, it ended, and I was like, man. I just want to keep raving. I I very briefly showed up. I decided I wasn't drunk enough. I went upstairs, (laughs) and before I know it, I was helping a friend hook up his Neo Geo. Because I I never, I mean, most of us never had Neo Geo growing up. I mean, I didn't. Really? Oh, you yeah, did, didn't. did or didn't? Did not. Oh, did okay. Not. Sorry, I misheard you the first time. I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, I was just agreeing, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we finally get it hooked up on this HD TV, and it's a SD console playing games from, like, 1995. Well, actually, you can output HDMI with this thing because it's a 2012 re-release, but the games are meant to be played on a CRT, and on this HD TV, they look blurry as hell. There is input lag on the controller, and the controller mm-hmm. itself is, like, a really cheap low tier fight fight stick okay with, uh, with with four buttons on a horizontal layout and we end up playing this street fighter 2 ripoff called world heroes perfect oh yeah <laughs> matt were you there do you remember yeah. world heroes perfect I, I can't believe, like in this whole time it's like with, oh with jimmy Man. you were there right i was there the whole time yeah, i'm the one who hooked up now. the system Cause, and cause, it was like i was i told this is what happened i know you were hammered i was like it's on hdmi 2 and you're like huh 
I thought and you're like, dude, it's on HDMI 2. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and then you say it a third time. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, he's I'm, gone. The details are coming he's back gone. to me. And I remember, it, it, I remember <laughs> you always picking the black guy. Yes, well, he's a yes, football player. There was a football player on this whose game. Whose face you couldn't see. He just had glowing eyes coming glowing out of the eyes. shadow. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. I was like, okay. And he was huge, too. Like, it, oh my gosh, the stereotypes were there. I was waiting for him to throw a watermelon or something. Oh, like, no. It was, it, it was great. It was great. They had a pirate guy who can summon, like, fish fish of from the sea but ghosts yeah that, that was his quarter <laughs> circle <laughs> well, there, was, there are fish of lakes too i suppose you're right uh-huh. <laughs> lakes were lakes were oceans once upon a time millions of years ago it's all a matter of perspective <laughs> they had a dalsum there that's some street fighter oh, characters the dalsum was combined with m bison because it was like oh, a yeah. giant muscle dictator general who had ex- ex- arms that could extend because he was also a robot cyborg. Sweet. That sounds like my two least favorite characters together. In a really mediocre <laughs> Street Fighter 2 clone called World Heroes Perfect. Which is a terrible name. World As Heroes opposed Perfect. to the other edition of World Heroes, the less perfect ones. Yeah. World Heroes almost finished. <laughs> World Heroes, it's good enough. <laughs> World Heroes low budget. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's probably accurate for perfect as well. Um, World Heroes acceptable. <laughs> oh, um, that's did you guys, sad. Did you guys happen to make it to any panels at all? Barely. Yeah. We oh, went to, okay. I went to yours um, to support you, Jimmy. Oh, I was there oh, in the crowd. Oh, see, it's, it's, look, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. The, oh, the screw attack fired. friendship convention. <laughs> that was yeah. a wild ride. Yeah, I, I to, to be honest, I did not understand what was going on, even though I like Pokemon. I'm like, wow, this science goes deep. <laughs> this science goes really deep. I, I went to a few panels in the beginning, mm-hmm. but then after like Saturday, like midway, I was just like, eh. You know, I just kind of wanted to hang out with people. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, I made it to like the, the end half of like the game theory panel on the last day, but pretty much Saturday... Aside from my own panel, I didn't really go to any panels. Kaizo, I went to Kaizo. Yeah, oh, Kaizo yeah, that was, was that was fun. That was uh, that was something. That else. was a trip. Uh, it it did not go as planned. I'm presuming. Uh, I mean, well, the Retron was bugging out, and it's hard to tell which. Uh, for for context for for listeners, the Super Beard Brothers, part of TOVG.com, had a main stage channel, which I thought was really silly because like the decks. And the completionists both had panel room one channel uh, panels, which is the smaller one. But their combined let's play channel that has like way less than either channel in subscribers had a full main stage channel that was live streamed and recorded. And it was just like really weird that it was like like that one was the one on the main stage. But right, it went it went interesting because they were playing Kaizo three for the first time, Kaizo Mario three. And they were playing it on a Retron, which is first mistake because the Retron's a piece of shit. Um, the Retron was glitching out, but also parts of the level were glitching out, and none of us know how much was the Retron and how much, much was, was the was like intentional. Right? Yeah, because it looked like 
too good to be true sometimes. Like the little football player had yeah. an egg for a head, which yeah. could just be a really funny coincidence or a really funny hack jarbled in there by by whoever made this level. Like that was that's good enough to where they're considering that for like the Kaizo three shirt if <laughs> you know if and when that happens. It, it had like little weird matrix glitches around it, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. Which I think that was the retron, but like it also seemed intentional at mm-hmm. some right. points. It seemed like some of that stuff, like if that wasn't glitching like that, like how would it, how would it be working properly? And then I don't know. How do you get? It a- seemed pretty consistently difficult as Kaizo. It seemed it didn't seem like anything was like let up on or overly difficult. How do you get a ROM hack on a Retron in the first place? Um, that was actually uh, special shoutouts and thanks to Glenn from the Yeti, mm-hmm. the guy who. Uh, founded and runs the Yeti, the yeti.com for all of our merch stuff uh, after they did Kaizo Mario 1 on Super Beard Brothers he worked with somebody I don't know how exactly he did it but he got uh, Kaizo 1, 2, and 3 onto actual uh, Super Nintendo cartridges I'm really nice. surprised they actually work well like I even mean, as good as they did which wasn't yeah, I mean, very like, they're just they're just you know Super Mario World's but like broken and changed and so you know i guess any way that it works any any place that super mario world can work you know the the uh, kaizo carts can work i've never seen them in physical cartridge form though and it was really cool because he designed the labels for all of them and uh so we have these like one-of-a-kind physical kaizo mario trilogy cartridges (laughs) it's pretty cool um but yeah, I guess that probably could be expected why there was some glitches. It's just interesting because they did Kaizo 2 completely on the cart for the Let's Play, and there was no like glitches of that magnitude, but there was like sprites flying all over the screen and that guy's face changed into an egg and yeah. A face changed into times. an egg. I mean it could have changed into anything else, but it changed into something already vaguely it, face-shaped that perfectly right. fits. I, I, it's my, it is my hope that that was intentional, but if it wasn't, I'm just going to, I'm going to be Roll just as happy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. I, I, I tried to, I did go to the Kaizo. I went to the completionist. I think I missed most others, even though I wanted to go to many others. I kept uh-huh. having, uh, obligations, but that's okay. What? Next, <laughs> maybe next time. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Like I said, that happened to me last year. Either either I was getting roped into stuff before or after. And strangely, though, like as crazy of, of a fun party atmosphere as it was, I think I had the most fun just like in a quiet, empty room with three people. Uh, mm-hmm. A friend of mine brought a Dreamcast and oh, he man. took with yeah. him MVC2, um, Sonic Shuffle. Oh, no. And uh, Power Stone. Hey. Yeah. The first one. Guys, the first one for people who know Power Stone and played it well, part of the, did the second So there's only two players. Did the second one come out on Dreamcast? Because I remember it being yeah, a big deal on yeah, PSP. Of course it did. Okay. Of course it did. Yes. That's that was the that was a that was a system seller right there. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a joke. Um yeah, but yeah, the second one had uh two player story mode and uh four player uh brawl. And it was way bigger. Trust me, it was mm. way better than the first one. That's mm. the first Great time I've really gotten into it. Like, when I was a kid, I played some of the single player, but it's it's clear that Power Stone was not meant to be played for the single player. 
Yeah, it's 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 fun with a few players. It feels like Power Stone Two really it branched out to where what it's supposed to be, as a Power Stone One, where it's just like, oh, we have to play one, we have to one v one each other the whole time. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. but I, I was, you see, since I haven't had that experience, I had nothing to compare it to. So I was right. still having the time of my life figuring out how to how to enter the Power Stone world. <laughs> I think that intro th- is so, so good. I, so I'm, good. Look, I'm looking it up because I've never played or I've heard the name, but I've never played Power Stone before. Welcome and to th- the Power Stone world. I think you know, they you never had this. Announcer? No, I think I, I think they had this in the console gaming room and I watched... Who did I watch play it? Somebody from Team Four Star, I think. I don't know. I, w- I was in the console gaming room at one point, and somebody that I knew was playing it with somebody that I didn't know. I re- I recognized some of this. I I don't know. Eh, was it fun? Did you guys have a good time? I, I, yeah. yeah. You know, we had the real <laughs> fun when we played Sanix Shaffle. Sanix Souffle. My yes. favorite. Yeah, I re- Dude, I remember our characters. I was. I w- who was I? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't remember our characters. Um. Oh, the, the characters we were playing. Oh yeah, that's we right. Had, I picked Amy for some reason. I I picked Knuckles, Nipples, the enchilada. Nipples, Nipples the enchilada. Uh, we had uh, uh we had a CPU uh, tails that well, was just, just ridiculous. And who still yeah. won the the stupid Santa Claus contest? Yeah, because he's <laughs> he, a computer. He knew how you know, to play the game. The rest of us were just like giggling this stupid bullshit. Uh, it, it was normal. <laughs> like this is ridiculous how he knew exactly what to do. I I am still amazed at like how how cringy it is to return to Sonic Team Dreamcast games after playing them as a child and thinking they're okay. There, yeah, there's I've, oh sorry. <laughs> I, well, it's not necessarily Dreamcast, but uh, the Game Grumps have just started playing Sonic Adventure DX on uh, GameCube, mm-hmm. um, which is it was it was originally a Dreamcast game, and goddamn that game is fucking garbage. Yeah, yeah. It, it's there's a lot of just, just so, uh, Sonic. Hey, for, for, people, for, for people who don't know, Sonic Shuffle is like a Mario Party game, mm-hmm. right? That's how you explained it, right, George? It's it's a Mario and Party clone with much much less, less effort. Clearly, much less effort put into it. I think I might have played Sonic Shuffle too. before. There's a random event. You uh, instead of rolling dice, you pick cards out of a deck to determine how many spaces you move. You have your own cards. There is something kind of cool in this game, and that is your VMU displays a hand of cards that you're supposed uh-huh. to keep secret from other players. Right. But besides that, I I don't know. The mechanic really doesn't work. You can just pick every other player's card out of a menu and play them as your own with no consequences whatsoever. Um, uh, except that you don't know what they have, but once everyone plays their good cards, you kind of know that, I mean, you can just weigh the the probabilities. The thing that that (laughs) really stood out to me though, so horrible. There, there are some spaces that you land on that aren't mini games. It doesn't often turn into mini games. Like Mario party always does at the end of a turn because many, mini games, you know, require like effort and thinking. Sometimes you land on a space and it just displays a JPEG on the screen. Your character walks up to the JPEG, a little text box plays that describes some of it happening to them. And then your character walks away from the JPEG and it will just literally be a slideshow. Like you land on a space and it says, encounter story 
And um, what ha- what happened to my character was was she walked up to a slot machine. She was spinning. She was supposed to be spinning the slot machine, but they didn't even spin a slot machine animation. It was just a static JPEG of a slot machine mid-spin while a text bubble was telling me what was happening. Good. It, that, like, I mean, like, that's that seems like one of those situations of a developer who has no no idea why the thing that they're copying is popular. Mm-hmm. Like, Mario Party is like... Like eighty percent polish, twenty percent gameplay, because it's. I mean, the games are fun, but like, if it was just like, if you just broke it down to non Mario elements without like good, without like fun poppy graphics and sound effects, it would not be fun. It would just be like okay, all right. Like, but the fact that it's like Mario and characters, and then you go through, and there's a thwomp on the stage, and then the ghost chases you down the thing, and whatever, like all those little elements, like that's what actually sells it and makes it interesting and fun as Mario Party. And and um, Sonic doesn't even have that going for it. Like Sonic, no. right. like early two yeah. thousands era Sonic has little to no character to its name. So all of the I mean, other, I mean, what, what, same yes. could be said about all era Sonic. But <laughs> go on. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I'm starting to wonder if Sonic Sonic games were just always terrible, and we they just were. kind of the, the I really nostalgia. Like the third one, they, you don't. They, okay. That's the thing. Okay, that's thanks, the thing. Jimmy. Like I feel like it was just a, a luck of the draw that the first couple Sonics were decent and playable, right. and then all these other Sonics just really like. And I, I and I like the adventure games to a point. You know, I had some fun with it when I was a child, but. Like, do I think they're good games? It's kind of the same reason why I like Sacred Two, you know, for the for the PC. Mm-hmm. I, the game was horrible, horrible yeah. voice acting, everything. But you could break the game, and it was actually pretty fun. You oh, know, yeah. That, that's the thing is never never think that I'm taking away anybody's uh, right to like the Sonic games. <laughs> you just like, said I don't like no, Sonic well, but you, and but Nipples you don't Three. Like it, that's why. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding, obviously. But like, if you a lot of people, were, I was going on a little rant about Sonic Adventure One today being garbage. And a lot of people were like, "The hub world, dude." Oh my Aaron's god, Aaron's just playing it wrong and breaking it on purpose. And like, first of all, you can't say he's the worst gamer in the world, and then also say he's good enough to like mastermind <laughs> breaking a game on purpose to make it look worse. But second of all, he's not. And third of all, like, even if the game is a rotting piece of garbage that doesn't mean you can't enjoy playing it like I enjoy a lot of bad games I don't enjoy a lot of good games however design wise Sonic Adventure in fact Sonic the entire series is pretty much trash I'm, I'm, and, I, and that's I'm willing to give the early ones a chance I liked Generations Dude, what about okay. Generations that's the one that people keep saying yeah. is good that's a very recent one I have no clue about that you, one you I will give it a it try out. But as far as gameplay concept and execution, Sonic 1 was very bad. 2 and 3 are, like, passable, <laughs> but when you put them under the microscope, not really. And then the rest after that is just, like... I would love... I would love to debate this, but unfortunately, <laughs> we have two weeks' worth of news to cover. True. And we will get into that right after this break. The bush. <laughs> It's the most lethal G.I. Joe team yet. Half comes Street Fighter 2. No way! Wait. It's Kyle, Ryu, Sangi, Walker, yeah. and Dalcine. What's the Dalsam? Oh, some with real ninja moves. Hey! My Cobra's got Street Fighters 2. Vega, Sagat, 
Balrog! And me, El Bison! They look unbeatable! Ah! You know them, you love them! Socorrito! Capcom Street Fighter 2 figures he sold separately! Oh, I like them! It's Capcom Street Fighter 2! What's tougher than a Capcom Street Fighter? A Street Fighter's mother? No! How about the Crimson Cruiser with Championship Edition M. Bison and Speak Slamming Missiles? It's not as tough as Championship Edition Guile going boom in a sonic boom tank. Or the Beast Blaster. It comes with Championship Edition Blanca and Chun-Li and fires double-tumble missiles. Street Fighter 2! Capcom Street Fighter 2, Sonic Boom Tank, Crimson Cruiser, and Beast Blaster come with Championship Edition figures. Each sold separately. That's a lot of stuff. Hello and welcome back to the TOVG podcast. Uh, this is going to be your your not so live, but still pretty cool video game news report. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, Suda51 has uh, <laughs> taken part in an interview with a Spanish language publication in which he says, yeah, no more heroes would be cool in 15 or 20 years, I guess. No More Heroes three for oh for right right No More Heroes clarify. sorry yeah they did too it's, they and it's yeah 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 it's weird I don't know this is a weird story um so the exact quote is he didn't say that would be cool I guess in fifteen or twenty years he says yeah No More Heroes three I get a lot of requests from fans and I'm very grateful for that but I'm thinking it may happen within fifteen years or so <laughs> maybe not through Kickstarter but Gung Ho would of course be supportive if that were to happen I think I have the vision that Travis forgot something so I really have to have him go back and get. Back what he has forgotten but yeah i definitely want to make it possible but i also want to create something new so maybe within 15 to 25 years such a long time i am okay with that though because that means whatever plans he has are going to be like thoroughly thought either that or it's going to be diablo 3 you're right Why did I think that? Maybe it's just because yeah. I'm such an optimistic, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. I, I just because if he doesn't start it right now and then work on it for 15, 20, 25 years, if he just like has an idea and then eventually he's like, I think now's the time, and just like makes it in three years or so, I think that'll be the best possible outcome for it. I don't know. I have never played No More Heroes 1 or 2. I know that they're super well well liked and everything and i don't but, know uh, if they end on any cliffhangers like i don't know how much of a like big um fan demand there is for the third one like the, it might be okay waiting 15 to 20 years right it still feels kind of weird it's a long time it is a long, a time, long time but i don't know sometimes like, it works out literally, well that's literally like most of the entire game industry's <laughs> lifespan so far that's like that's like saying we'll see another fucking like, oh gosh, what's like a classic, classic movie? Like a, I don't know, like, Mad Max. Okay, <laughs> what's a classic, classic movie? I'm trying to think uh, of others that had Godfather? really good overdue sure, sequels. Sure, like that's like saying we'll see another Godfather in like sixty years. I don't know, like, man. Somehow I feel like there's less of a of a sacred gold standard of artistic sanctity at stake with, with No More Heroes. Right, but I mean, like, I'm just saying, imagine someone announcing something that's, like, decades away. I don't know if this is, is necessarily this is. an announcement, though. It sounds like he's just I tossing know, around just, ideas. I'm just saying it's a really weird number to throw around. I mean, it might literally just be him, like... This will get fans off my back for another <laughs> fucking 20 years. But, like, who knows? Maybe. I, I'm also think I'm kind of undervaluing 
the the length that is 15 years i guess it's easy now because um like those of us who were growing up in the early 90s are seeing that stuff catered to our nostalgia which would have been right. 15 years ago like th- when i was in texas i saw jurassic world in austin at one of the alamo draft house it was a lot of fun but also a really shitty movie but whatever i still had fun there was a really that really good mad max uh sequel prequel thingy follow-up that one mad max yeah yeah everyone loved it i I had the time of my life in that thing um new star wars are coming out it's it's been about 15 years since all of those things and that's true that life goes on (laughs) right maybe it won't be like him the video game industry might be in a very different state but i feel like if he just like casually tosses around an idea for 15 years something malleable enough to adjust to the times it could still turn out okay um. Anyway. Anyway, we speaking of things catering to our '90s selves. Remember the Zelda cartoon series? Yeah. yeah. I remember watching clips of it on the <laughs> internet. It was a little bit before my time, I think. Yes. Yeah, so by, by about five years, right? The, right. Um. But there is a, there was an unlicensed fan Kickstarter to be doing an animated style Zelda series which got shut down within a couple days, not really big surprise by a mm. law firm representing Nintendo, Miller, Nash, Graham, and Dunn LLP. Uh, the creators also say that a lot of the fan backlash contributed to the project's closure, which I can totally understand uh, but they still made it a couple days out. They, they didn't get a whole lot. I'm going to try to pull up the exact number. I wish I had written it down on our convenient little out uh, line, but it was under ten thousand dollars, four thousand eight hundred sixty-five. I mean, I don't know. That's not a lot in the grand scheme of life, but I'm sure that if their other expenses weren't too high, they could make it last long. But either way, it got shut down. Life went on. Everything, everything turned out okay, I guess, for right. the rest of us, but maybe not for them. Yeah. But I guess it's kind of um digs it, it an interesting problem that I think we actually deal with at first hand as YouTubers and that is, could they have made an argument that they weren't making money off the project, the, the Zelda animated series, but rather the Kickstarter mm. for the project, the Zelda animated series. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, I don't think they would have won that argument. We, because, we, I mean, they could use that money any way they want to. On the other so. hand, though, I mean, I'm going to be like a, a stupid, dumb devil's advocate guy for this one. On the other hand, oh. though, we as YouTubers make money off of IPs that, that very much existed before us. I mean, we bring our own talents to them, but still use those materials and don't necessarily make money off of that project, but rather the ad space sold next to or in front of that project. I agree that it's very similar, um, but we also it's all transformative work, which is why we have free reign to do what we do, um, and even so, not so much free reign. They 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 dip their fingers into yeah. uh, the ad revenue we make every now and then, which is not pleasant. But I I, I feel like putting an IP directly onto an animation feels a little more derivative than a transformative work like a let's play or a uh, more specifically a review or something you know but that's just you know talking off the cuff I don't really know I think at the very beginning one of the earlier Kickstarter successes was a series of Zelda themed comics but of course they changed the name enough they changed the designs enough to be their Mm -hmm. own thing whereas when you look at screenshots of this stuff like it's straight up Zelda 
Like like mm-hmm. Link with the Master Sword drawn straight from game artwork. Right. And there. And and I guess that's quite easily where, where a very clear distinctive line can be drawn. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next up, we got Five Nights at Freddy from number four has released early, which literally happened like 90 minutes before we started recording the podcast. This is a yep. two day story. Uh, the release date was originally set for October 31st, and then it was pushed forward to August 8th. And then it was just pushed forward to today. And Jimmy yeah. was mm-hmm. talking about a very interesting theory behind uh, um, why this move might have been made. A game theory? Uh, I, I guess it's a game theory. There we go. <laughs> a game theory. No. Um, Thanks for watching. Yeah. Uh, I think, okay. Five Nights 1 and and 2 to a lesser extent, Scott Cawthon, the developer of, of Five Nights at Freddy's, had a more or less symbiotic symbiotic relationship with YouTubers mm-hmm. where the bigger their videos got, the bigger his game got, the bigger his game got, the bigger the videos got. And so they they mutually grew together. That's why Markiplier has 8 million subscribers now. It's pretty much almost solely yep. to thank for that is Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, and then, you know, by the second one, it wasn't necessarily just Mark who was the one who benefited the most, but, you know, channels like Game Theory, um, a couple other Let's Players, even uh, The Completionist, started seeing big kickback from making Five Nights at Freddy's videos. By the third one, I think he sent it out, he sent out three trailer to somebody early or something to release on their own channel. Um, and I think that he, that Scott is, first of all, more well-off in money than he needs to be. But the fact of the matter is that he doesn't need any growth from this anymore. The advertisement, like, the advertising is, like, people see that it's out and they rush to make videos. He doesn't need to advertise. He doesn't need to have a set date. He can release on a random day. And I feel like he's releasing this, like impromptu like suddenly it's up kind of thing to give some random YouTuber like their big shot at like being the first person to beat Five Nights at Freddy's 4 or something or find all the secrets because it wasn't like oh you know it's not August 8th where everybody knows and they're getting set up they have everything ready I mean my friend Nate literally was cleaning his house today because he's having guests tomorrow and I feel bad because his girlfriend Morgan has been tweeting all day that she's the only one cleaning because it's a stupid Five Nights at Freddy's 4 came out and he had to <laughs> drop everything to play it before, you know, because that's the window. Like, that's when you get it. As soon as it comes out, you got to go. And so I feel like he, like Scott might be like trying to get some people, some YouTubers, like super famous through indirect means just so to like help out in, the community. Instead of the others having their review copies super early, ready to go. Yeah. He, he, you think he wants to to level the playing field and and yeah, break down like the a, barriers? Kind of like a Hunger Games style, like mad dash, where everybody just wow. you go you go for the weapons as soon as possible, kind of well, thing. Well, or, grab uh, your cameras, kids. Yeah. So I mean, I I think it's like I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm probably gonna make a video on it as a post mortem, but I think Scott is probably the smartest guy releasing video games right now because Five Nights at Freddy's should have died after the first one. <laughs> and you're, and he's he's kept it going four in a row and it's not it's just not dying. You also it refuses to die. brought up a very valid point that the unexpected release is news in and of itself. 
that right. doesn't happen very often. Like maybe, I don't know, once or twice every two years. And yeah. the fact that it's like trending on Twitter right now might not have happened yeah. if it just released its scheduled launch and business went along as normal. Like you will get on right. a news site and see Five Nights at Freddy releases unexpectedly earlier. And it's news because it's Five Nights at Freddy. That, that yeah, like, that's a newsworthy topic. I think that he might have taken a page out of Nintendo's book that one time that they did a Nintendo Direct. I don't even remember what it was, but they were like they announced this like really cool game or something or a cool thing and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, oh cool." And there was like generally positive response. And at the very end, uh Iwata was like, "And it's available on the Nintendo eShop right now." And everyone was like, what the fuck? And when, like everyone went and bought it immediately because it was just like available. They did that first time they had heard about it, and it was already available. They did that with Mother One during E3. They they localized and released a NES emulated version of, of Mother right, One right. called Earthbound Beginnings with no no announcements, no plans, just out of nowhere at the end of a direct. Mm-hmm. And I I bet I bet you're right, and that that does amplify the boost of of the of the initial launch hype yeah so i mean i don't want to ramble for too long i think scott's super smart i think that five like five nights has been about like making some money off of games since the beginning so i don't think he's like selling out i think he's doing exactly what he had planned and it's just really working really well for him and i think hopefully this will be the last one and he tries something different next time because i don't think he needs to to say milk it any longer i think he probably has plenty of cash off of this right so it is the last chapter <laughs> yeah well it? three was supposed to be the last chapter oh okay <laughs> yeah so that's why i'm a little weary but four is like in the d- game description on steam it's like it's in this last final chapter. in yeah. this final chapter of the final th- yeah so i don't know we'll see <laughs> the final chapter of the the final freddy five yeah. nights four colon the final freddy or how about the final night at Freddy's? That could be the oh, that could be the next one. That could be the next one. It's just a one wow. night game. Yeah. I, maybe that'll be the movie. The final, <gasps> final night. At Where all the lines connect together. Yeah. Minds will be blown. <laughs> so anyway, wallets will be empty. Yeah. Uh, speaking of wallets being empty, a, okay. uh, a YouTube channel has been shut down by the man. Some person oh, no. in the world's little small business was just wiped out of out of existence by the cruel, harsh Gaijin uh, Gooba? No, Gaijin Games. No. Oh, sorry. There are a few of those. Not to be confused <laughs> with I, I think there's Gaijin Entertainment that does the um yeah. the Bit Trip Runner games. Yeah. Anyways, okay. we got, uh, it, or this might be Gaijin Entertainment. Gaijin Games might be the bit trip, guys. There's a company in, in somewhere out in the world, not, not here, named Gaijin, who makes a game called War Thunder that I'm sure a lot of people have heard of because it's one of the most popular free-to-play uh, video games out there in, in these days. And yeah. there's a Russian-language YouTube channel run by a guy named Kirill Fedorov uh, called... Alan Al Alcan after after yes yes yeah. 
Uh, but anyways, he was scheduled to do a stream interview with um, War Thunder's historical consultant, who isn't necessarily uh-huh. a super high up employee at this company. He um, was uh-huh. was outsourced. I guess he might be working on a, like a contractual basis with them. But apparently, the bigger company didn't like that that he was trying to interview this person on a stream, and he had uh, arrangements made. And then all of a sudden, they started spamming his channel for intellectual property infringements enough to just get it taken down. Oh, what? Dang. Yeah, which uh, which makes me very scared because I'd like to interview people and not... Wait, he interviewed someone no, and No, he was planning just to took- and didn't end up going through with it because of this controversy because... When he announced the plans to, the company was like, no, we don't want you talking to this guy. And they they did that by trying to take down his channel by spamming a bunch of IP infringement reports. Mm. Okay. I, I, I think. I mean, you know, this is all video game news heresy. I mean, hearsay. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse <Hey>. me. <laughs> from from a website <laughs> called ritastatusreport.blogspot.nl. But okay. I mean, you can go to the channel, or at least earlier today when I was checking, it was it was down. And right. if uh, if the causes and effects do now. line up, then it would be because of presumably an interview this person had planned with with a outsourced employee of this company. Uh, previously, this channel had a um, conflict with with Gaijin before, where he had some stream chatters stage a protest against what uh what what they thought were free to play business practices being implemented or rather pay to win uh business practices being implemented in this game and that's that's partially why I presume they were on this on this radar oh so basically he was he was over extending his hand and they just cut his hand right off yeah i mean he Mm. was a fan he got offended by some things the company did two years ago this year he's still covering it on his channel he wanted to arrange an interview with with someone behind it because i presume he's still a fan and because the company i guess didn't like what he was doing earlier and saw the interview as some kind of unsolicited request to look deep inside the the nefarious bowels of gaijin games if if this is gaijin games i'm really nervous now that i might be saying the wrong name but this company like already doesn't have a great reputation like they've done mean things to youtubers before and and i hear that their forums are like a nightmare of questionable moderations where if you say anything <laughs> that could be construed as mean about their game you just you're gone great and and i guess this is like another thing to throw into the pile and and another reason why it can be very very vulnerable to be in the position of someone trying to make media on youtube that isn't that doesn't play it safe really like being a fan of something and also being critical of it as i would know as a fan of metal gear solid games made by konami can be mm. a really really abusive relationship sometimes right so so wow. yeah it's not as big of a um issue i think right now because it's not necessarily affecting the english speaking world since it was a russian language channel but i still i'm still mm-hmm. like Ugh. it's still kind of cuz i i mean i could see it happening even if the story is kind of fishy Mm. It's, it's, it seems this guy had a uh, uh, hundred and thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, it's yeah. gone. All he worked for is it's gone. It's still terminated. Multiple third-party wow. claims of copyright infringement regarding material the user posted. That's that's what it says. 
That's that. That's it's pretty sad. Right. It's 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 hitting it's hitting the heartstrings right now, and almost a little scary. Yeah. Don't be honest about games, kids. <laughs> they might cut your balls off. Well, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog fucking sucks. <laughs> oh no. Come at me, Sega. This episode would never be aired. I mean, if they <laughs> didn't have that like smart ass PR guy who was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Dude. The <laughs> Dude, I love that. I love that. Did you see the You saw the Game Grumps one, right? Uh-uh. They in the Sonic Boom series of Game Grumps, there was a running joke in one episode where Dan was was making haikus. But he kept ending all of his haikus ended with the line "It's snowing on Mount Fuji," which actually doesn't even fit the haiku metering of uh, five syllables for the last right. line. And so he would just like say two lines that worked, and then he would just say "It's snowing on Mount Fuji," and it would just ruin everything. It not make sense. And then, Son so the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter did like a haiku where they were like, they, it was like something something, uh, and then the last thing was like. A very like cryptic haiku version of gotta go fast like must be going quickly yes, yes. or something and then someone was like wow didn't use gotta go fast what a wasted opportunity and they replied with like a haiku that was essentially that's too obvious it's snowing on mount fuji and it was like oh god <laughs> <laughs> the guy probably watched the whole sonic boom series just to, like find their jokes to use them it's so good it's so good i'm glad that they have I'm someone like, working with them who has normal tastes in brains. video games <laughs> Brains. Anyways, we can we can pick on Sonic <laughs> forever, but I mean, I can. In good news, in in <laughs> in better news, uh, Kotor two got a huge patch. Just uh -huh. just cause, I guess. <laughs> All right. Like someone someone at, at Bioware or Obsidian, I guess, had a lot of free time over the past two weeks and was just like, hey, let's let's patch up. Kotor 2. It, it, that, that's, it's good because the games are terrible to run, man. Yeah, like, they're excellent really? games, but they don't work very well on modern operating systems. And I'm really surprised, actually, that they hit the second game first with the, with the big patch compared to the first one. So what we've got now is uh, 4K and 5K resolution support. Uh, also native support for regular widescreen resolutions anyway. Um, you can run an Xbox 360, X-Bone, PS3, PS4 controllers. So, you know, if you'd rather not play with a mouse and keyboard on the mouse and keyboard version of this game, just, just plug them in and there you go. Uh, there you go. And you also have native Steamworks mod support. Uh, or Steam Workshops, excuse me. You also have Steamworks mm. support um, implemented via wow. some new achievements. Uh, and the restored content mod is ready to go right off the bat. And I bet that actually has a lot to do with them wanting to patch this game. It got kind of a cult following long after launch because of this mod that restored a lot of cut content that the team couldn't put mm -hmm. out during the original dev cycle in 2004 and five. And... Mm -hmm. So it's it's an excellent game already to begin with. It has some really, really great writing in it that um is, is basically I, I interviewed Chris Avalon years ago and talked to him about it. And it basically came out of him questioning why things in the Star Wars universe are so cut and dry and then just wanting mm -hmm. to, like, openly criticize that in the game script. And it, it ended up getting like a big, not necessarily mainstream following like the first game, but more of a cult following because of that. And I guess right. I guess because between between it's more like like edgy culty appeal and the popularity of this mod, 
they they want to give it some some new room in the spotlight now now that the Bioware release schedule isn't super filled up right now yeah I think also it might be just testing the waters with like an an interesting idea which is patch an ancient game and get free yeah, sales yeah, off see of if the it game instead sales. of making a full new one yeah like I didn't even know that Kotar 1 and 2 were on Steam and I'm probably not going to buy it realistically because I'm never going to play it but like if I didn't before I know now and I can't, like I have incentive to buy like a now better version of a game mm-hmm. right so I mean it's like the same thing with like oh the official workshop support or Steam modding support with Skyrim like I bought Skyrim because of that and then well I bought Skyrim because it was on sale <laughs> at the time but they put it on sale because of that and so I own Skyrim now and I'm probably never going to play it but it's okay it's, I, I just played KOTOR like uh, a few months ago so and I, I was just wasn't looking forward to KOTOR 2 being so buggy because I made sure both of them were working properly before I started playing them and it was just a hassle for KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2 had the same thing and it's just like all these all these like YouTube videos of these tutorials you know when you look up those tutorials oh, of how to fix a game I hate and they're always tutorials. just like it's like doesn't work. It's always made yeah. by some like two year old kid. You they're know. clipping their mic. The yeah. first three minutes of the video is but updating they're, they're you as to where they've been. <laughs> as they slide around a notepad with with written yeah. instructions in big font. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand it's, it's like a real tragedy that the twenty first century has come to a point where Googling tutorial brings up that shit instead of a nice, yeah. clean, easy step by step text guide. Oh, my favorite one is when they're saying something and then they have annotations that cover the whole screen that are saying the same thing. And it's like, if you didn't do it good in the video originally, just put that in the video. And it's just because of traffic. Like, people have problems on the internet. They Google their problems. They click the first thing that comes up. And so as a result, you have these awful video tutorials climb high up in the SEO rankings. And man, I mean, those kids got it figured out, you know? Yeah, I should just make tutorials on how to like, like... How to change your background on Twitter, <laughs> like stuff like that. People yeah. will probably just like, I'll get like a fucking million dollars from that. Uh, that oh, that'll dude. that'll shake up the establishment. Yeah, yeah we're let's sure stop. Will. Let's stop being gaming YouTubers and start being tutorial tubers. Tutorial tubers. Tutorials. Oh man, that would be awkward. So what do you do, man? Um, I do like tutorials. I just make tutorials on fucking anything. I really don't care what it is. I just I just read the comments and when someone asks how do I do this I like go figure it out video. like a normal human being. <laughs> oh, it's I, not let's playing, so that means it's quality. <laughs> yeah, I, I go you know figure it out like an adult and then I make a video for all the lazy people to. No, I'm kidding. So yeah, speaking of fixing things that have problems, uh, okay. The Witcher Three Very released big. a 1.07 patch that is seven gigabytes big. I'm trying to get into this game, but my computer is telling me to stop at almost every turn of the way. But um, this, I, I really like the vibe of this news. Not just because I'm trying to get into this game. I mean, you know, game gets patched, whatever. But you got seven gigs of patching. About like I don't know, three weeks after launch. Not very, 
Yeah, not very, not like very that. late. And it, it does a whole bunch of, of cool stuff that reviewers were already complaining about on the day one version. You have an alternate movement for our main character. This is kind of like, it, it seems like a big deal, where your main character moves differently. They, they change his turn radius and the camera's reactivity to be a little more responsive and, and quick on the turn. Uh, by the way, I think it's also funny that like this patch is so big, it got a little mini review on Forbes. The guy who was writing it didn't didn't think that this alternative movement control worked quite as well, but the little bit of this game I have been able to play, I've been able to try them out, and it's, like, neat seeing a, a character that's kind of clumsy and unwieldy be a little less clumsy and unwieldy after installing a patch. Like, that. that's changing, like, things right at the core. Yeah. Um, there's... there's making, making the game better. Yeah, even. I know. It's like, what a patch is supposed to do. Um... Anyways, there are now inventory tabs for sorting letters and books and notes. They they miraculously gray out written material you've already read, which seems like something that should have been there in the first place. Um, mm. One one cool thing that I think any RPG could learn from is that you can sort your shopping screens at a store by recipe, which which oh. I think is really super neat. Like every RPG has that problem where. The, the screens between your alchemy formulas or your crafting formulas or however it works are many, many clicks away from uh-huh. sh- buying from a shopping list of really long ingredients that are hard to pick out from the pile. Oh, and here you've got you a mean. situation where another little tab in the window in the corner can just short, short, sort those shopping lists by what you are specifically shopping for. Oh, God, that makes so much sense. These guys are so good. Like it's it's so it's ridiculous that a company would like fix all these problems, and they fix it at they fix a lot of problems at launch as well. Well, also like people complain about any more... things that they just didn't even have to touch. People, so, some developers don't even touch at all. They just put out their game and they just, just leave it buggy. Yeah, and they're doing this at the same time as their like quote unquote free DLC release schedule, which I kind of makes. I don't know. And anyone who wants to be skeptical, like question how much of it they had ready for launch or how much of it they were holding back to uh, to create hype after launch. But this is like a legit game changing patch. Like a lot of PC users are saying it performs better. The the hair works doesn't kill the frame rate like it used to. Uh, console users are saying there's a little a little slight bit of, of, of performance decrease from this one. But overall, I'm like, yay. I, I, I wish more companies would care this much about what a patch does to their products. Mm-hmm. And that oh. is uh, all the topic I have on the list for this week. Yeah, we did it. We made yeah. it through. Everyone should take cues from uh, Arkham Origins, where they just leave game-breaking bugs in the game the whole time. Um, I think uh, I think Warner Brothers actually took cues from themselves, and they did that with Arkham Knight, right? Right, right, exactly. See, they're progressive, really progressive. Uh, yeah, see, everyone's learning from The Witcher, you know, and and, and Red <laughs> Project. You know, it's just they, this, it's, the industry's pretty good, man. This has been a good year. No broken games, yeah. I can't wait to get yeah. into it. I mean, my computer is broken right now, but I can't wait to get into this game that doesn't seem particularly broken. I can't mm. wait to one day play Bloodborne on a PC. <laughs> oh man, you're Dude, hitting you're digging so the dagger laggy. with that one. Dude, it is so laggy. You know, it, like I 
the the five hours I played, I was just like, man, I really want to play this on my PC because the like, frame rates get it gets dipped so hard in certain <laughs> areas. And I heard, and you, George, you did tell me that it was only in the first area. You did tell me that, but well, it, man, it's worse it just in the feels, first few areas. Oh, first few areas. Oh, well, it's, okay. it's old Yarnum that is the worst, I think, in the whole game. And I don't know if you ever summoned up another player to uh, run run through that place with you. But did you? Because you would you would like no. You would you would see the game no. just like I remember you talking up. about that specific yeah. thing. because it is uh-huh. so specific. <laughs> old Yarnum rooftops with smoke plus one other player. The Bloodborne engine just starts shitting itself. Yeah. In the meantime, though. Uh, I'm playing. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this Final Fantasy Tactics Advance Two on the original DS. Uh, How is that? It's a fun ass game, and I I played it to kill some time on the SGC flight because I was like, I haven't played this game in a while, and I don't want to play Pokemon. Is that a straight and then straight I, port of the PSX version? Well, not straight. No, but no, no, altered no, no, no. Port. Um, the, the advanced ones are completely different from the PlayStation ones. Um, is it kind of like Red Emblem? Yep. Uh, Red Emblem. I don't. I don't I've never heard of. Red Are Emblem. you thinking of Fire, oh, fire Emblem? Emblem. Earlier fire you said Emblem. Red wow. Project. You got Reds on your mind. Yeah. Um, okay. It's it's yeah it's a tactical RPG so it's similar to Fire Emblem but I like it a lot more. Um, oh everybody says the Tactics Advance games have a worse storyline than the the original Tactics. Are, are they big dummies? I think they're great. I think they're great. Um, I, I had a blast playing playing. I think it was that one Final Fantasy Advance when I was a kid. Oh, years, years upon years ago. But people also like really, really love the Final Fantasy Tactics games. I think the PSX one is one that like a lot of people consider their greatest game of all time contender. Yeah, it's it's uh, the original and like the the remakes and re-releases of the original have a big cult following. Um, but I, I started with the advanced one and I really like it. And from what I've heard, the original storyline is just a lot darker and more adult, mm-hmm. whereas the advanced one is more catered to the audience that would have owned the Game Boy it's Advance. It's a handheld. Not necessarily a, right, not necessarily a bad storyline, just one that's not as, you know, gritty and dark. But I liked it a lot. I played it when I was, you know, a mid-teen, and I very much enjoyed it. So I'm playing the second one, which I never beat, because I got fucked up to a big antlion boss one time, and I pretty much just quit on the spot, which was stupid. Also, me, it's a GBA game with really good pixel art. And it I miss that. Oh god, it's gorgeous. Like the GBA was Great was like the too. last bastion of super high quality <laughs> pixel art at being yeah. the mainstream too. And and the DS version didn't try and do that. Like it's the DS has to be 3D. They kept the sprite art and it's just like polished up well, and the music is polished well, up and the music is great oh god the music is well, great sorry i just had to throw that in before the podcast ended it's okay good. i just want to ask us one question before we go out why the hell did the gba have such good pixel art like every because game was, on the gba had fucking great pixel art because it was the fucking super nintendo that you could just carry around with you and that's magical it was very it was a very comforting console do you realize that there was just a remake of Yoshi's Island on the Super on the Game Boy Advance that you could just carry around with you and play Yoshi's Island wherever the hell you went. That sounds comfortable. Did you know that? That there there are remakes of lots of things on it. To be fair, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of like the Super Mario Advance series is just like all the Super Mario yeah. games that were on previous consoles, but on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, they were, also had, had Apple. Oh, I was so I was into the it's Link so to the good. Past remake that had four swords oh. on it. Oh, so good, so good. And I think actually. A lot. I, I'm guessing around like the early 2000s, a lot of pixel artists 
who wouldn't have found as much work like around the late 90s would have then still been able to use their talents while they were still kind of fresh and not totally decayed on the GBA. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dang yeah. It. Actually, I'm I'm remembering back when I was doing my video on Iwata, one of the big uh, problems he talked about in an interview while he was putting together the um Bloodstained team and also the later Castlevania DS games was that he had less and less pixel artists to contract cuz as time was going on there were just less of them to work with. And I guess the DS was a nice spot in time where they were all concentrated on one platform. All the remaining pixel artists in the industry who were actually like professional, <laughs> these like super professional Japanese pixel artists had one place together and it was the GBA. So even the garbage games got good pixel art. Right. Um, and by by Iwata, I'm sure you I mean, mean Igarashi. Sorry, I'm working on the Iwata video now. It's a little confusing. It's okay. Iwata? Iwata? It's I Iwata. <laughs> I'm gonna Igarashi. have to re-record the whole script now. I wada. Did you say I wada the whole time? I, I, yeah, I, I, did. I usually say I wada. It's okay. Iwata. I'm gonna do another Iwata. one tomorrow after I finish editing. And this video that was gonna go out burger. a week and a half ago is now gonna go out now. But that's okay because it'll eventually come. <laughs> right. Anyways. Anyways. Thanks for listening, everybody. Quick before we wrap up, uh, Matt Visual, where we where can we find your your videos um, and your stuff? YouTube.com slash Red Emblem. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Red Emblem. Super Red World. God damn yes. it. I'm actually going to go there and see what's on there right now. <laughs> you will find um, funny stories and skits and video game reviews. It's actually... Uh, this person who takes a lot of videos of their Jeep. <laughs> you oh, actually did oh, it? Oh, serious? I did, yeah. Good man. They have five subscribers. Wow, they have they have a lot of videos that are very downvoted. Wow, I wonder why. Those are the I, best, bro. I mean, if they're Those just the, the Jeep, I mean, how offensive can they be? There's a video that has over... There's a video that has 4,000 views mm -hmm. that is that has zero likes. <laughs> it's all dislikes. Maybe he just... <laughs> has like personal enemies who poor red emblem um, I mean maybe they're maybe they're an asshole I don't know I don't know the guy seriously <laughs> seriously Matt I mean, where, we, where can people find it, your stuff it, it, there's a video of him just you, you just have a camera at the, the jeep's wheels um, yeah. uh, Matt Visual uh, youtube.com slash Matt Visual also you barely get to on. hear me during this podcast but I, I am deed alive oh god alright <laughs> What about and, you, Jimmy? Uh, you can find my YouTube stuff at uh, youtube.com slash sundergamer. Um, you can find me on Twitter at sundercr. Uh, and what about you, Mr. George YouTube.com slash bunnyhopshow. I make super cool videos about E3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I make super cool videos about fucking fuck Konami. I, I'm like the fuck Konami guy. I noticed that at MAGFest. Yeah. Everyone was like, cool job single-handedly taking down Konami, bro. And I was like, <laughs> really? I don't know. Like, You're the people's hero. I know. I, I don't know if I should. Like, I sat in a bus while this was happening. <laughs> like, I, right. I, I just have to say that every time. I'm like, I sat in a bus and just sent an email to two people. And that was like it. I get home and problems resolved. Am right. I the hero we deserve? Even I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, youtube.com slash bunnyhopshow. You'll find uh, cool videos that, that I try. I try to put my heart and soul into sometimes. But, um, yeah. you know. Next one will be on Iwata. Yeah, next I one will burger. be on, on Iwata. Mm -hmm. oh, wait, Jimmy, help me out here. 
Iwata. Just Iwata. 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 Okay, so let's see. I'm gonna get my handy dandy notepad out here. Eh, Iwata. Thanks. Sat Satoru Iwata. There we go. Eh. Like like I. Eh. Like I. Eh. Iwata. Eh. Eh. Like eh. Like is. Yeah. Is like. What is this? Okay. Eh, water. Eh, okay. Water. Okay. We're 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 touching on some delicate heartstrings here with this gag. So let's 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 wrap it up and, uh, <laughs> okay. and go on. I'm just helping you with the pronunciation. I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate it, and I am going to re-record. It's re for the greater good of your if, video if about put this it out, beautiful If I put it out like that, it would have been very embarrassing, but now I'm not going to. It would have been a storm. Yeah. Dude. It would have been a storm. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube removed by um, uh, Nintendo. God. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's um, let's let's head out back to our lives, and we will see you right. all again next week. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Push.